Hey, everybody. On the show today, we have Belinda Prine, a leadership advisor and communication strategist who blends solid management expertise with visionary leadership principles to transform emerging executives, small business owners, and their teams from smart tacticians into trusted, respected, and highly sought-after leaders. Belinda shares a whole bunch of mic drop moments, including how to unleash your superpowers in leadership and the best words of advice that her dad gave her as she graduated from NYU. My name is Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur and investor. The one thing that I get asked all the time is, how do you achieve success in business and make an impact? In each episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast, you'll hear from entrepreneurs and visionaries who share how their leadership has changed not only their lives, but the lives of everybody around them. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited. I am here today with Belinda Prine. Belinda is, as far as I'm concerned, a thought leader on leadership, of all things. But she really has redefined what leadership looks like. It's how she helps her clients. It's the classes she teaches. I'm going to let you introduce yourself because you can do it far more effectively than I can. But share a little bit about yourself, Belinda, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm Belinda Prine, and my company is Business Innovation Group, and I'm a leadership advisor for executive management and business owners with a focus on communication, how do you be that effective communicator, but also how do you articulate who you are as a leader? Because if you want to be that highly recognized, respected, and rewarded leader, you have to come to your own place rather than following what others are doing. That also helps you break through and be more than relevant in a business environment that's changing at a breakneck pace, bring greater value to what you're doing and greater fulfillment to you. So I help you to tap into all that you've got in a way that really honors who you are, because that's where your greatest place of differentiation is and your greatest place of value lives. So that's a little bit about me. Well, and thank you. And I love that because not only is it so powerful and you're making tremendous change with business owners and with executives, but I think people don't realize that they're a leader. Like they're not thinking of themselves as such and what that means and then how they can affect everything and everyone around them. So, Uh, you know, that's such a wonderful thing that you bring up because Leaders come in all shapes and sizes, socioeconomic groups, introverts, extroverts, ambiverts, cultures, genders, sexual orientation. And the truth of the matter is we need every single one of those leaders to show up and show up fully for this world to have balance and harmony and truly be the best uh, that it can be. And when one of us hides, we're actually creating a ripple effect of struggle. So, yeah, just, you know, here's my thing. In order for you to achieve your highest level of success, you have to be willing to be unashamedly you and honor all that makes you who you are. I've heard you say that before, and I love that. That sticks in my head because I think there is not shame necessarily, but the hiding piece. Everybody does because we've got, you know, whatever dialogue going on in our head. But to be able to let go of that and really stand out prominently like, hey, look at me and look at what I'm doing is such an inspiration. So let's back up a little bit because we were talking before we started recording about, you know, our paths not being very linear Mm -hmm. and share with everybody, like, 
where you started and, and how you've gotten to be where you are and how it all adds value. Okay. Yeah. I love that what song, uh, God bless the broken road that led me straight to you. Well, the, yeah, right. right. The truth of our careers here. I started out with a degree in theater from NYU. And when I say that on stage, I always take a bow and people cry right. up because I built a global career. And I have a global company now. So my dad, being the good old IBMer that he was, worried about his baby girl going into business. So he gave me a piece of advice that was my MBA. And it went like this in his Oklahoma twang. He said, Belinda, in business, it's more important to be respected than liked. And it won't always be easy. And it clearly won't always be fun. But be true to who you are and consistent in your actions. And over the course of time, they'll learn the truth of you and the value that you bring. Now, that was my MBA. And I don't think my dad knew he was telling me to build a career by being unashamedly myself, but right. that's exactly what it was. So I ended up in corporate America. And that's a funny story that I'll share with anybody who wants to hear it over a glass of wine. <laughs> really so you show up when? <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. We'll, we'll set the date. We'll set the date. But it was a really funny story, but I ended up in advertising working for the creative manager. Now, my mom is, was an artist and my dad was an IBMer. He could do logarithms in his head. So I pretty much grew up at the apex of creativity and business my whole life. Never mm -hmm. knew there was a position called creative management. And it fit me like a glove. It was the perfect balance. I got to use my business brain, but in a creative way. So over the course of my career, I ended up at a company and I was hired pretty much to help change the face of the company from a leadership perspective in the creative arena. They wanted to ultimately sell the company. And I knew that if I was going to do that, I had to really be able to get inside and understand all things leadership. And what had somebody say, hey, Belinda, when Emmy has an opening in her group, I want to work for her. And I'm like, well, I don't have one in her group, but I've got one in mine. Yeah, I don't want to work for you. I want to work for her. It's like, okay, so what is she doing that I'm not? Or right. what am I doing that she's not, right? right? Well, we had 147 companies in 80 different countries. And I would go around the world and I functioned as a leadership advisor. So okay. some days I showed up as a consultant. Some days I showed up as a coach. Some days I was just there as a confidant. Because the higher up you get on that corporate ladder, the more isolated you become. And if you own your own business, isolation can be your middle name, right? So yeah. I've worked with leaders and helped them replace that with confidence and clarity as to what they're doing. So I studied everything leadership. I studied everything communication. And then I melded the two, leadership communication, because really the big key difference between a good leader and a great leader is their ability to communicate and be true, be real. Right. Right. So I took my dad's advice and created a position that didn't exist in my company at the time or really in the industry. And it didn't make me better than a living soul. Let me be crystal clear on that. What it did was make me different mm -hmm. and because I was different. I could bring value. When I brought value, right. I was able to bring well, greater value to the company and greater fulfillment to me because I filled a need because I call it, I'm, I'm from Oklahoma and I'm scrappy. You know, if the garbage can's knocked over, I'll pick it up where somebody else was going, don't do that. They don't pay you for that. You're going to, you know, and I'm like, well, but it'll be easier for me if I do. Right. right. So, 
I studied all things leadership. I brought it back to the work that we were doing and to the people. And what I really uncovered was we are more than enough with what we are right now. And the reason we struggle is because we compromise on all that's important to us and all that makes us who we are, because we're trying to become something that we're not. And then we're not authentic and people don't want to work with, buy from, partner with, right? So my journey started out in theater. I went to MBA school with my dad's advice. <laughs> I got scrapping and just curious and thought, yeah. what would not look like? But the big moment for me that shifted things as well was when the vice chairman and the president came into my office one day and they said, hey, Belinda, we're going to change your title. And I went, oh, good, because my title was so long. By the time you said it, you were in a different country. Right. And. And I said, what are we going to call me? They said, we're going to call you the chief visionary officer. And they start laughing. And I'm like, why would you do that? And he said three things to me that changed the way I valued myself. And this is what I work with people to do today. He said, because when we have an employee that we know is chock or block full of talent, but we can't help them get out of their own way. We bring them to you. You crack them open and they soar. And I'm like, okay, I do that. He said, when we have a client that doesn't understand, we have to go down this path to achieve their results. We bring you into the conversation because you have a way of communicating that kind of covers both business and creativity. And I'm like, okay. And then they said, when we have a problem that has to be solved and we can't figure it out, you solve problems that never existed before all the time. We bring you into the meeting and you uncover that little pathway, at which point they laughed and walked out of my office. I closed my door and I went, what? (laughs) That's important. Like, doesn't everybody think that way? So the part of me that I kept devaluing because it came so easily is actually the reason that I was so valuable for the company. And so I shifted that. So now I do this work with what are your core non-negotiable values? What do you draw the line in the cement for? Not the sand and attach those to tangible business outcomes. Why would your ideal consumer want to connect with you? Well, if you don't know what your core non-negotiable values are and how they translate, you'll kind of, it's hard to replicate what you don't know. So that's a long-winded answer to your question. And it was kind of a windy road. But what was so interesting to me was all these little pieces of who I am came together and created deeper value than I could have ever possibly imagined. I so love that. And I just want to acknowledge like your dad's words are so wise. You know, my dad was one of the the most amazing men I've ever met. And right before he passed, he was putting together what he called an almanac of Sam's words of wisdom. And he has some quotes and thoughts and things in there that are just so, they're just wonderful. And I'd encourage all of you to kind of pay attention. You may not have had a dad like I did, and I'm sorry for that, but there's something or someone around you that's giving you these little pearls, grab them. Yeah, definitely. Because I think even sometimes like the little sayings or the phrases that stick with you can be such a driving force in somebody's success. Yeah. And they're sticking with you for a reason. Yeah. Get curious, right? I say judgment and curiosity can't exist at the same time. So when judgment comes in, go, I wonder why I'm in such judgment about that, right? Drop kick judgment to the curb and really be with what's there because there's a golden nugget there for you somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then I want to also just circle back to, you know, having that, you know, your boss come in and tell you the three things and it being so like just intuitively normal for you. 
And I see that, and I'm sure you do too, where the things that we do naturally that we really don't think about, we just presume everybody else can do it as easily and they can't. That's why being unashamedly you and honoring all that makes you who you are is so important. Yeah. I am not a walking calculator mathematician. I bow my head and give thanks that there are people out there that love that. Right? I mean, you know, it's fantastic. I am not a lot of things that might potentially like to be. And by trying to be all of those things, I actually devalue myself. Mm-hmm. And so really getting back to your core non-negotiable values, like yeah, that's what makes you who you are. Attach what you uncover there to tangible business outcomes. And it's a game changer. It's a game Absolutely. changer for you and your business. Yeah. So if somebody's just starting, like right now as we're talking and they're listening to this, right? And they're like, oh, well, this is what I do so naturally. It's so easy for me, but they don't know how to translate that into value. How can they start identifying the value piece of it or really become comfortable with being unashamedly them? Mm -hmm. Well, I tell you what, I'm trying to think of a couple of examples here that that would help with that. Because for starters, I would say, Find one person, not 35. (laughs) One person. Yes, just one. Yeah. And traditionally, it's not your family. Right. Because oftentimes our dreams are bigger than our family's comfort zones. Right. And it's not that they don't believe in us and it's not that they don't love us. It's that our ambition, our drive, our dream is bigger than what makes them comfortable and they want us to be safe. So don't reach out and ask what I'm about to tell you to do with somebody that you know doesn't fully believe in you just as you are, right? Right. But have a conversation with them and talk to them about, these are the things that I see that come naturally to me, that come truly easily. Can you help me understand the impact or value that that has to offer people? So it depends on if it's your business or if it's your career. But if it's your business, think about how those things are important to somebody else. So frame it from the perspective of what problem do these things that I do naturally solve, mm-hmm. right? Because when you think about it from the perspective of what problem do I solve, well, then you're like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. And then you know who you might want to work with or who would want to work with you or who your greatest joint venture or referral partners are or places to speak or whatever. And if you're in a career, It helps you understand everybody in a career. You have to meet the specs of your job. That was your commitment to the company. Right. I always go, what's your value add? Because it's that value add that's going to get you recognized. When you're recognized and you follow through, you get respected, and then you ultimately get rewarded, right? So the one thing example I can think of is this photographer who had a gift with children. Mm -hmm. He loved children and was able to take photos of them and they weren't crying and wigging out and all this kind of stuff, but he couldn't get enough kids in the pipeline to make it work. And so he, he struggled with this and we had a conversation around, well, where are babies who, you know, where is the biggest group of babies going? And so the long and the short of it is he had a family member who was a pediatrician mm-hmm. And over the course of conversations, he's now the resident photographer at a maternity ward in a hospital. The hospital benefits, right? right? 
the doctors benefit because they love that added value to their patients. And the patients get to leave with a professional photograph of their baby before they ever leave the hospital. And he is just hooked up with an entire family because if they're going to have more kids, they're going to want him there. And so he's been able to take this and really catapult it and build it from there. So he thought about what he loved and his gifts. And he's like, I don't know why I keep them calm. I don't know what it is I do necessarily, but I'm like the baby whisperer. <laughs> you know, so it's that uncommon connection, right? Greatest place of value where I can bring the problem that I solve and, you know, so on and so forth. And so everybody benefited. It was great. Oh, I love that. I wish I'd had him around with my oldest when he was little. Uh, here you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, he can't keep up with everything at this point. So yeah, that's, that's the problem for him. That's awesome. Well, and that's a good problem to have, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it does. I mean, we all think, oh, I I just would love to be overloaded. Well, you know, as you grow your business, that is going to happen. And you have to build out a foundation that's sustainable. And and you know what? Here's the deal. You don't have to do it the way everybody else has done it. Think of Cirque du Soleil. They got ridiculed so badly when they said they wanted to build a circus that didn't have animals. Mm -hmm. Right. They made the same amount of money that Ringling Brothers did in 20 years. And it took Ringling Brothers 100. I mean, part of it is different times. I get that, but not the percentage of it. And it's just so creative. Well, Netflix and Blockbuster, right? Netflix created a whole new entertainment delivery system. So the people that I work with, I don't try to fit you in a box, but I help you create a box that you can expand to grow and evolve in. Support your dream. I love it. I love it. We refer to it at my team as the Emmy bubble. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. And, and inviting people into the bubble. So the bubble grows as my community grows and as my vision grows. So it's perfect. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Awesome. So let's circle back to you a little bit about that communication piece and leadership, because I think that's so important and not just like, communicating and talking down to, you know, maybe your, you know, employees, but communication on all levels. And how can somebody, you know, work on that and be a more effective communicator? I think a lot of us do a lot of yap, yap, yapping and not a lot of actually hearing and understanding what somebody's looking for too. Well, here's the deal. If you can't communicate, you will never be that highly effective leader, the one that's sought after, the one that people line up at the door to work with, buy from, or partner with. You won't. Mic drop. End of story. Done. Right? It is the key indicator with a lot of the research. I just did a leadership brief on this, actually, that I'll share with you all if you would like, on intentional communication. Intentional communication creates masterful leaders. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is there, I actually have 12 principles of intentional communication that I work with. And you're absolutely right. I mean, it. your number one thing when you're having a conversation with somebody is to be heard. Well, that means you have to step out of yourself because you may be a direct communicator in the face and you're speaking to somebody who's more right-brained and more emotional. Well, that direct is just going to cut them off at the quick and they're right. going to civil up. Nobody's going to hear it, right? So it's stepping back. It's, it's establishing rapport. So I'm the type of person, and uh, in the beginning, I didn't know why. Now that I've worked with it for, you know, more years than I care to tell you, <laughs> I I, only 25. Yeah, I am over 25. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, I know I've seen the impact, but I'm the person that would terminate somebody and get a thank you letter. 
Right. Right. At the going away party and the person stands up and the last person they thank was me and, and 20 people at the table would boo. And he's like, no, 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 no. You know, that kind of a thing. Well, it's all because I use these elements of intentional communication and, you know, it can be as simple as remembering it's more important to be respected than liked, right? Take my dad's advice to establishing that rapport. So if I'm going to have a difficult conversation with you, I'm going to say, hey, Emmy, thank you so much for coming in today. I know that you have this goal of being a New York Times bestselling author on leadership and really having an impact with people around the world. And then there's three or four things that you're doing that's knocking that out of the park. Now, there's a couple of things that's slowing you down. And I'd like to talk to you about those today. So you have more in the bucket to help you get there faster. Would you be open to that conversation today? Yes. Well, what I just did was I established rapport by letting you know my goal for you at the end of this conversation is to have what you need to be even more successful. Mm-hmm. It may not be fun to hear, but it's different than if you know somebody's walking in the door and you're going, all right, so here's the deal. You know, you're doing a good job, but there's stuff you're not doing well and it's, uh, and it's bad. Yeah. Right. And I leave it at that where you're like, well, am I going to be fired? Am I going to be demoted? Am I going to lose some money as opposed to, I know what your end goal is. Mm -hmm. You're doing a couple of things that are helping that you're doing a couple of things that are hindering that I want to focus on this. So we've stacked the deck in your favor. You good with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Go. Right. So it's the number one thing. I mean, Gallup has done this poll for a number of years and it goes back and forth between 68 and 70% of the people that leave their jobs. They're not leaving their job because they don't like it. They're leaving their boss. And the number one issue they cite is my boss doesn't communicate, doesn't communicate clearly, or doesn't communicate consistently. So they're left in the dark. And while technology has done an amazing job of allowing us to connect with people and resources we wouldn't have the ability to any other way it's actually killed our ability to communicate effectively because it allows us to hide behind a wall right have you ever had somebody or any of you listening had someone that you needed to say something to that you thought might be a little sticky, but you weren't sure. And you sent an email kind of like with the hopes that it would be okay, only to have it backfire. Yeah. Or text messages. Oh my God. Relationships breaking up on text. Are you serious? (laughs) And it's funny because I, and you probably do the same thing. Like I really enforce making phone calls to talk to people. And I do that with my clients because it eliminates the miscommunication that happens by people reading into stuff. Well, and you don't know, I could arrive to read your email or text and be in a real pissy mood, or I could be like, woohoo, having a blast. And it's like in sign language, I can say the movie was good, or it's the same sign, but the way I emote it makes a very different answer. So it's the kind of thing that you're setting yourself up for trouble if you don't allow yourself to speak on the phone, do a Zoom call, meet in person, trying to resolve it through other kinds of communication, you're just setting yourself up for trouble. And that's true for a business as well. You know, like when a business screws up, step up. Right. I mean, haven't you done it where you send an email out and it's missing a link or the quote is wrong or whatever. And then you, right. And then you send an oops email yeah. You get a higher open rate with your oops email than you do the other one. Like, oops, I'm sorry. 
they're like, oh, well, let me check that out. What is that? You know, I like doing that when it happens because I want to acknowledge like, hey, we made a mistake, but we're working on it. Like it's, it's the proactive piece instead of being reactive. Well, and also, you know, I speak a lot on stage and I know in the very beginning when I was doing, you know, I'm on stage and all of a sudden you go up and you're like, oh my God, well, I can't let them know I went up. I, 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 I'll figure it out. No, how am I going to, you get all tired. Now I get up there and I'm like, don't you hate it when you have the most brilliant thought in the world and you're about to share it and it goes, woo, goes on down for vacation. Yeah. Oh, here it is. I got it. Well, all I did was make myself real to the audience. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Hi. And they love that. I had one of those, I was speaking at Women Entrepreneurs Day months ago and like, I just, I was like, oh, everybody, I just had a brain moment. Yeah. And then I came back and I went on and somebody came up to me and was like, I'm, you know, I thank you so much for acknowledging that you forgot because it made you so real. And like, instead of trying to hide it, she's like, I see so many people try to hide that. And we all forget stuff. I mean, you know, I'm a big one. So when I deal with communication, if there's an elephant in the room, it actually takes more energy to try to pretend it's not there than just say it. Yeah. You know, or if, if I have a conversation with you and I'm like, ah, you know what? I mean, that didn't come out the way I meant it to. I need to roll back. Or if I'm about to have a conversation and I'm not feeling really comfortable. So, you know what? I've got some stuff I really want to share with you. And I'm probably going to stick my foot in my mouth or trip over myself Will you just be patient with me as I do this? Yeah, I'm, so much I'm, easier. Yeah. Well, and also, again, you're establishing a rapport. You're letting them know what's going on. But for the most part, we all really want to support each other. Yeah. And if I'm going to say something to you or you're angry with me and I'm trying to come back and find our way and I say, look, I'm going to trip over myself here and I just need you to kind of be patient with me while I find my way because I really care about our project, our relationship, our whatever it is. And communicating, I mean, at the end of that conversation, you're going to be closer to that person than you were when you started. Absolutely. And I think it gives the person who's doing the hearing the ability to like not take things the wrong way because Absolutely. somebody's struggling with finding the right words. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so imagine that in your business. Right. Even with clients. You know, I had something happen the other day and I went, oh my gosh, I totally counted that. Oh, I was off by three. You know, and I called up and I said, you, you know what? I was wrong. I, I was off by three and we had this conversation. And at the end, she was like, wow, that's really cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it could have been something she could have been upset about or whatever, but she was totally cool. And it actually deepened our relationship. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Going back to the example you gave where the, like the last part that you said, you know, are you open to hearing this feedback? Mm-hmm. I think that's such a crucial piece because you're, you're getting their buy-in one, but two, maybe it's not a good time. Right. It gives them the option to say, you know what? I would love to hear your feedback. Can we do it in 15 minutes or another day or whatever so that they can refocus and hear more positively, you know, what you want to say to them. Right. Well, I mean, that goes back to the third principle is being heard. Yeah got to be heard it's you know it, the, the conversation is not about you being right it's about being heard there's some piece of information I need to impart to you well it's going to be worthless 
if I'm not focused and redirecting my approach, perhaps, or the words, the language I'm using, whatever, to specifically speak to you. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if you're a bottom line person, I'm not going to use kind of flowery and take that, you know, because it's just going to make you crazy and that's going to get you angry and that, well, that's not helpful. Right. So we really have to be mindful um, to speak the other person's language. Okay, cool. Do you suggest that leaders become familiar with some of the personality tests so that they can, as they're communicating with people, they can kind of profile a little bit so they have a better understanding of who might have a different communication style? Mm. This is always a question I get. And I'm of two minds. So yes, I want you to be aware of the different processing styles. And when I evaluate an employee, like I managed 500 people around the globe. So I really had to know what drove you. Mm -hmm. Was it money? Was it making a difference? Was it, you know, having a bigger impact? What was your deal? And I would factor in processing styles. So when I'm looking at somebody, I will look at them. I want to say objectively, in that I'm not gossiping, I'm not doing any of that, but I'm really kind of breaking down who they are and how they float. So like I had to present a proposal and I went to the CEO and I did used an analogy, but I only highlighted the things that mattered to him. Mm-hmm. Reputation, being seen as a leading force in the industry kind of a thing. I went to the CFO and same analogy, we're running a foot race, we're crossing that line, that finish line last, we're bloody, we don't have sneakers, right, you know. Um, and by the way, we, we spent about an additional $250,000 on the race, you know. And he's like, well, what would we have spent? I said, probably closer to 60. He's like, yeah, that's not good. And then I went to the executive creative director, mm-hmm. same analogy, but I highlighted the points that were meaningful to him. So that's not a processing style. That's their positions and what they find important. Right. There's that processing styles. The reason I, I mean, I think these assessments are good in that they wake you up to the fact there are other types of styles out there. Mm -hmm. The thing I don't like about them is they try to put you in a box. Right. Okay. So you're, you and I are in the same place. Yeah. I like seeing the differences. So I'm aware of other people's differences. And that helps me with your story of bringing the points to somebody that I know are important to them so that I can help everybody come together. Yeah, but I don't want to ever put somebody in a box. And I love Myers-Briggs. I mean, that's the old one from days gone by, right? right? And there's DISC and there's CSI. And the strengths finders. But the bottom line is it's I'm good with it when it's through the educational point, but the minute it tries to put me in a box, actually the, the assessment that I like the most, an old colleague of mine, Sally Hogshead. Um, oh my God. I just, it was so funny. The fascination report. I literally just found mine yesterday. Oh, did you really? And reviewed it. Yep. And what I love about it is, and it's a brilliant assessment. It's based all on branding. Yeah. All marketing. There's not an ounce of it on in psychology. And the truth of the matter is that fascinate report nailed me more than any of the other assessments that I was certified in that I've done, you know, for myself or others. So, but then I'm not your, you know, I don't look at the world the way most people do. That's part of how I tick. I'm yeah. the, it's the innovator. That's kind of, you know, that kind of a thing. So I suppose it would be weird if I thought those things were great that they, you know, put me in a box somewhere, but. 
We're not boxable. No, and I don't think any of us should be. Create your own box. Yeah. Based, right, on what matters most to you and, and your areas of strength. Cool. So you have a really cool gift and invitation for everybody who is interested in leadership and improving their, their intentional communication. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So there's two elements to this. The first is the leadership brief that I just released. Intentional communication creates masterful leaders. I walk you through research. I walk you through some of the insights and things that I've been given and others have given me over the years. And then I lay out the 12 elements of intentional communication so that you can begin to understand them and put them into action in your life, in your business, your career at right now. And then any of you that want that, you'll automatically be uh, rolled into this masterclass on communication. And I'm so excited about this. I gathered some leaders from around the globe that are their area of expertise is communication. So we have the CEO of Murphy Communications that's based in Ireland and that deal with companies like Google all the way to governmental things all through Asia, um, through Asia, through Europe and America. We have the former head of communication for Discovery coming to talk about communication and the role that it plays for your company and you within the company. Bob Berg, New York Times bestselling author, just one of my favorite people. I love him to death. He has a Go-Giver series. His latest book is The Go-Giver Influencer. He's going to talk about communicating with influence. And then I'm actually going to lead a class on these elements of intentional communication. It's all free, all available to you. The class will roll out one a day, and then we're going to culminate it at the end with a live Q&A or kind of a communication roundtable with another leadership advisor from my company and the CEO of Murphy Communications from Ireland. She's going to be with us that day as well to answer your questions and put it into place for you. So the way you can get all of that is go to bigleadershipbrief.com. Okay. And I know you said you'd put it in the show notes. So just go uh-huh. into the show notes and click on that and you'll get all of that information or you'll get access to that immediately. Yeah, I'm so excited about that. Like, I'm actually, I'm going to sign up for this and do it myself. I hope you will. It's really wonderful. And I have to tell you, these master classes that they're teaching. Yeah. So good. I mean, Sally from Ireland is teaching about the importance and the impact your story plays on the success you will achieve in business or in your career. And this is the work that she does for the government companies that she organizations that she deals with or for Google or you know it's really powerful it's exciting like I'm starting to kind of geek out on leadership just the way I did with productivity and performance and and calendaring so I'm super excited but for everybody that's listening like this is a step that you can take that will help you run your business far more effectively you'll create more ease you'll have you'll be able to build better, bigger teams, faster, you'll be able to help your clients more effectively. So just sign up. If you don't learn how to communicate, and I don't just mean, how do I talk about my business and what I do? It goes beyond that. Right. And 
So it's the elements of how you communicate who you are. How do you communicate who you are as a leader? How do you communicate the value and impact of your products and programs and services and whatever? And here's the big truth. It doesn't have to be as hard as we think it is. These elements are not rocket science, but when you put them together, they're game changers, right? They show your teams, your employees, your vendors, your partners that you care about more than just that initial thing that you're working on with them. People that I've done this work with and team members that I've had in place that I've worked with back in the 80s and early 90s are still people that I turn to today and they turn to to me because of this kind of work. So it's a, it, it, it can really set things up a sale for you in a way that is easier. It's more fun and much, much, much more effective. Cool. Share with everybody too, where they can connect with you. Ah, Well, you can go to my website, which is businessinnovationgroup.com and innovation is singular. It is not plural. Or you can also reach out to me at info at businessinnovationgroup.com and just put in the subject line, you know, put Emmy or the name of this podcast and any question that you have myself or one of my team members, we have more than one leadership advisor with us. Um, we'll be happily answer it and, you know, do what we can to support you. Awesome. Wonderful. I'm so glad that we were able to hang out together today. So thank you so much. You're welcome. You are welcome. It's always fun to hang with Emmy. Oh, thank you. Well, same. I always love our conversations. You have so much to share and I feel like we could you know, spend another hour together. Uh, but I want to honor your time and everybody else's. So again, thank you. And thank you everybody for tuning in. We will see you next week. Have you ever thought about those times when if you had just known that one thing, it would have saved you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, or maybe days, weeks, or even months of your time? I've created the Tribe of Leaders membership community for exactly that reason, to give you the tools, the resources, and the support to make growing your business a snap. As a member, you'll have access to video training, live monthly training in masterminds, and special co-working days that will help you run your business like the CEO that you are. You can get all the details at thetribeofleaders.com. See you there.